Welcome to another episode of Campus Life, the college half of our flagship pod here at Campus to Canton. As always, I am Austin. And this is Colin. Oh, you're back. You're I am. back. Huh. Wow. That's thank crazy. you for thank you for holding down the fort with not Canton Bound. Appreciate that. I can tell that I can tell you didn't listen to the show uh, because I don't know if you would have come on tonight uh, if you had heard the things that I'd said about you while you were gone. I, uh, first of all, I 100% believe it. Second of all, um, you know, it's good to be back. So I would, I would have probably come back anyway. But no, I have not listened to that yet. Very busy weekend uh, for me this weekend. So I was out of touch most of the weekend, did not get a chance to listen to uh, a couple of the shows. So I got to catch up. I got to catch up because somebody posted in the Discord. Uh, they were very close to my uh, my number of minutes on Spotify. Oh, mm-hmm. I hope they catch you. They, they were really very close. Really I'm it was like them. it was like a couple hundred minutes off. It was like 300 minutes, maybe. Damn. So that's some real dedication. It is. Um, yeah. Send us if anybody's listening to this. If you have more, what did you have called like 10,361 minutes or something like that? Yeah. Um, I don't know why I remember that number. Um, if was, you have if your close, Spotify actually, was almost spot on. It, what is it? What's the actual number? I don't have it pulled up, but um, that was that was really close. Yeah. Um. So. I'm not just a pretty face after all. So if you uh, if you have more than that or close to that, let us know. We want to see uh, in your Spotify wraps who has the most uh, minutes listened to the Campus to Canton pod and the other the other uh, members of the family uh, here throughout the year. Uh, we released a new tool today, guys, which is really, really cool over at Campus to Canton. Uh, I would definitely recommend checking it out if you are betting player props at all. Um, as with most things that pop up at campus to Canton, we basically had an idea about an idea and we gave it to Jarek and Jarek disappears for like four days and then he shows back up and he's like, look what I made. And it's basically exactly <laughs> what we had described, um, but better, but better yes. And this was a, the case again, uh, uh, with this one. So basically what this tool does, it's really cool is, um, you punch in the player's name, what the prop is, and like what what the prop specifically is, like receiving yards or or, or touchdowns or something, and then you pop, punch in what the prop like value actually is, uh, and then not only will it give you um, a a full graph from every game from the season of whether that player hit that prop or not in that game and what the amount was, like it's like a bar graph, uh, but it also will give you what the defensive uh, important defensive statistics are from the team that they did it against. So you can kind of uh, look and see, you know, is there, you know, are they only, you know, hitting their props when it's a really bad defense. You can kind of look and see because we also provide what the next game's got going on in terms of defense. So um, it's a really cool tool, uh, obviously, at the end of the season here now. So only a couple weeks left to use it through the bowl season. But uh, I fully expect to be using it uh, quite a bit next season. I'm I'm very, very excited to use it. Yeah, me too. I'm excited to make a lot of money off of Prize Picks, our our wonderful partner here. I apologize, Prize Picks. We're going to be helping people steal money from you. You know, so I've been I've been helping people do that on Better Sports for the past three weeks. I've been crushing, but I'm going to crush even more now. <laughs> I'm going to give out even more picks now. Nine for my ni- my last nine. Next year, I'm going to go undefeated. With never lost, never lost, never lost. <laughs> um so that i i had to set myself some sort of crazy goal with that prop machine and see what i can do with it uh in terms of like giving you got a lot of time to figure it out so we'll be all right you know what you know what this you know what the sad part is about those props what's that the past three weeks i the ones that i gave out that all hit 
Uh, I didn't play any of them. I haven't been playing Ooh. prize picks lately. So. Oh, okay. No money for me, no. but hopefully uh, you guys hit on them. But enough about uh, player props. Oh, and I did forget to mention that tool is only for NIL members. It can't yes. Just can't. So, yep. Um, Goes in conjunction with the betting and gaming. Yes. Yes. We're not, we ain't just giving this stuff out for free, um, but it's still a very reasonable $7.99 a month or $79.99 a year. And if you're a yearly member, you get like all of our guides included in your membership. You get all every single tool. Um, a, a separate Discord that has all sorts of cool features, including that zero, year one zero tracker I was talking about last week. Colin, you wouldn't know. You just you just sit there and look look cute here for a second. Um, yeah, lot, lots of cool features that come with that membership. So um, uh, if, if you want to check that out, I would highly recommend it. It's just one more benefit uh, uh, of folks that are in that particular membership group. Um, before we hop into a news-filled version of tonight's show um and i say news-filled because it's i mean that's what's going on right now we've got we've got uh, guys declaring for the draft we've got guys entering the portal and then we've got people finding new homes so that's going to be the theme for the show uh, three three different kind of segments here uh, before we do that the show is part of the fantasy points media group along with a ton of other great podcasts you can find them all in one place on twitter at fantasy points live or can check out the weekly Friday drop that recaps the week in the Fantasy Points Media Group. All right, so let's start, Colin. Uh, let's start with early declares. Why not? Why not? Let's let's, let's head there first. So this actually surprised me when I pulled the list up as I was kind of looking just to see uh, who all has declared. There's only been thirty early declares so far, and that's like I mean that that it's the season's only been over for a week or whatever, but that just feels so low to me with how many guys you see posting like, you know, uh, weird stuff on Twitter. And I guess I like, I don't know exactly at what point, like someone's considered an underclassman. I guess if they just have any eligibility left, um, they're considered underclassmen. One name that I, we actually don't have on here, Colin, cause it just happened this evening, but I wanted to toss out Brew McCoy's entering the draft. What round do we think Brew McCoy gets drafted in? Man, um, I mean, he's he's going to be the third Tennessee wide receiver off the board, oh, and yeah. this isn't, um, you know, the the LSU wide receiver room, you know, from from a couple of years ago. This isn't the Bama wide receiver room from a couple of years ago. Like, you know, I think these all all three of them, Hyatt, Tillman, and McCoy, are are fine, but they're not great. I mean, honestly, with Brew McCoy and with the other plethora of wide receivers and skill position players that are entering the the draft this year um i don't know it's definitely day three be like five or six because i mean he's he's got the pedigree um he's a bigger guy too he's got good size so uh, maybe maybe like round five i would be shocked if he goes before round six he's only played one call full college season it was this year and he didn't do particularly well. And he had all of the opportunity in the world to do well because Cedric Tillman missed like seven games, I think, or six games, something like that, uh, and was you know injured and missed large portions of a couple others. And he was kind of the direct Tillman replacement. Um, I think he has a lot of questions about why he hopped around to so many different schools. He's been enrolled at three different ones. Um, and he, we had the whole recruiting saga with him as well, where he was going here, he wasn't going here, he was going here. Um, I, I don't I think so I I honestly I think it's more likely that he goes undrafted than that he gets drafted. I I think whoever gave him this advice is an idiot. And maybe he just I'll didn't agree with himself. that one. I, real, what has he ever done? 
he's never shown anything. He's not a good route runner. It's not like he has particularly great hands. He's not a red zone threat. He's not going to have the, um, uh, the combine or not the, the, uh, the, the, the bowl circuit, you know, senior bowl, shrine bowl, whatever. I, he might not get invited to the combine. He might not make that list of guys that should go. I think if he does, he will be right on the very edge of guys that get invited. I mean, so it's, I, I, I think this was a really bad move. Whoever was advising him, if there was anybody, um, you, just screwed this kid. I definitely think it was a bad decision. I think he should have gone back to school, had another year at Tennessee in that offense. Now, I know Hendon Hooker's leaving too, but you know, you got to figure they're going to bring in somebody in the portal as like a bridge guy to Nico. You know, they're not going to go into the room with two guys who are totally unproven. They and keep Joe saying, Milton. they keep saying <laughs> Joe Milton. That's what they keep uh, saying. Yeah. I mean, we've seen that show before. Uh, and it was not a particularly good one. Sorry, Chris K. But yeah, I mean, I, I think he should have gone back because he definitely would have had a chance to improve his draft stock. I don't think he goes particularly early in the draft, but I, I do think he's going to get drafted. I mean, you know, he has, we've seen, you know, throughout the, uh, the number of years here that like five-star status does matter even when the draft starts to come around. And he was a five-star athlete. Um, you know, he has that recruiting pedigree. He put up some numbers this year. He put up like one big game when Tillman was out. Uh, you know, obviously Jalen Hyatt was the the primary beneficiary of that as he went on to win the Blitnikoff there. Um, but I, I think he's and I, th- I think he'll go to the combine. I think Tennessee is a high profile enough school that they could get three wide receivers to go. And if he goes to the combine, I think he'll test pretty well because he's a pretty solid athlete. I think all of that is going to lead him to like around five, six draft capital. But it would not shock me if he goes undrafted, like you were saying. I think there's a better chance he gets drafted than not. So I'll disagree with you on that front. But should we put some sort of wager on this column? Man, the people say we want they want us to disagree more. I finally disagree with you. And now you're like, let's bet on it. No, we, we, we put something on it. Oh, I'm sorry. You, I, I'm sorry. I wanted to raise the stakes to make this more interesting. I'm sorry. I'll on to the next point on the show because Colin is a freaking milk toast loser. Um, We're talking about milk toast losers. Look at this show sheet we got. That's a milk toast loser. It's all topical news, Colin. It's all topical news. No, no, no. I mean, we're salsa no, no, not dancing. The to- not the topics. The topics on the show sheet are fine. I'm talking about the show sheet itself. I have been Which on multiple not, shows where they don't even do a show sheet, Colin. You're welcome. You're welcome. I expect a higher level of professionalism here, you know. But out of hey, me, who am I? Who am I? You know, a milk toast loser. <laughs> we just talked about this. Come on, <laughs> I walked right into that one. Yes, I you walked did. right into that. All right, touche. All right, touche. All right. a couple, can, a couple other can, early. We can do it. We could put a bet on that if you want. We'll, we'll figure okay. it out then. We'll figure out something good. Uh, right. I already. So I've, I'm two for two on on bets with the folks here at C2C through this season. So uh, it's been a good year for me. Um, we've got a couple early declares here. I want to start. Hmm, what's the most interesting name to start with? Uh, we'll start with one that, again, uh, happened today. Tank Bigsby running back from Auburn. There was some serious question as to whether he would come back or not. Hasn't had a great couple years there. New coaching staff. There, there was a chance he could have stayed there and, and improved some draft stock there under Hugh Freeze, but he's not going to risk it. Uh, he's going to head out. Um, 
I'm interested to see where he goes. I, I don't know if the NFL is really going to wait that freshman year or if they're going to kind of crush him for the past year and a half that have been, you know, not not so great there at Auburn, even with the the context added in. Yeah, I think the NFL, I think the fantasy community is going to be higher on Bigsby, is higher on Bigsby than what the NFL community is. I, I have not heard really any NFL draft buzz about him. Um, so I'll definitely be interested to see what the buzz is leading up to the draft here. He's not going to have the senior bowl circuit or anything like that. Like we, you know, we were talking about a little bit earlier with Bruce McCoy, that's definitely something that can help people. Now he'll go to the combine. I think he'll test decently well there. Um, he's not a phenomenal athlete, but he's a good athlete. Uh, and then I think the, the really big part of the process for him will probably be the interview process and, and, so that way teams can get in there and ask him like, what happened these last two years? Like I know that staff with Brian Harson was a mess, but what happened? And I think he seems like a guy to me, who's like fringe day two. He's probably a round three guy, but it would not shock me if he ends up going round four. Yeah. Round four feels like his, I don't want to say ceiling. It'll be how do you think he'll test like realistically? If you had to predict a 40, what would you predict? Um, four, five, three, four, five, five, somewhere around there. That's kind of what I thought. I, I would have guessed right around four, five, five. Yeah. Depends if it's on that souped up turf or not now. Yeah. Right. <laughs> one, one, one year of, uh, of usage or whatever. I don't know how much that wears it down, how much slower that makes it. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't think he'll test badly. I think he'll be okay. Um, I, I don't know. It's it's tough to predict exactly how he'll do. I would guess, yeah, I'm going to guess round four. I'll actually agree with you. Um, I, I don't know what really he offers. I, I don't know if teams will view him as a three-down back or not. I think that's the big question. He has caught some passes, but it's not, he's never been like a dangerous uh, uh, receiver. So I don't really know exactly what to make of him. Yeah, he's yeah he's he's definitely going to be an intriguing profile because he had a lot of potential uh, after year one there after a, night, a really strong freshman year, and then coaching staff completely changed and then he had a couple of bad years. I mean, we saw some other players who had you know maybe not necessarily the best uh, coaching staff, the best team around him, like a Cam Akers, but he still went pretty well are pretty high. And then we had that same year, we had JK Dobbins who had good year, bad year, good year, but Bigsby has good year, bad year, meh year. Like he, he wasn't bad this year. Like he was fine. He averaged 15.7 fantasy points per game, you know, so it's not terrible. You know, that's, that's, that's decent. You know, so it correlates to some decent stats here. So I'll be, I'll, I'll definitely be interested to, to see him, but he's a guy that's lost some luster. That's for sure. Speaking of a guy that's lost some luster, Parker Washington. We thought he went into a really big role this year at Penn State, and he really didn't. I mean, he was okay. Um, but we, it, people that were expecting a Jahan hudson ish season were definitely disappointed. Um, he's declared for the draft, not going to play in the bowl game. Uh, I think we'll have to have some further discussions about that Penn State wide receiver room. It sounds like reinforcements could be coming in soon, but it would be speculation at this point. So we'll we'll hold off on that. Um, I mean, it, it's tough for any of these guys that are underclassmen are coming off a disappointing season. And Parker Washington himself doesn't really have a great season to hang his hat on. He really basically has that one game 
uh, the bowl game last year, and then you know a, a catch here or there that have really caught our caught our eyes. He might be a guy the NFL likes less than kind of the the online fantasy Debbie, you know, college community. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I think the NFL is going to like him less than what the fantasy like Debbie community did. You know, because he was a he was a pretty hot name there. He, you know, big mega producer in Texas as a high schooler. Uh, played very well as a freshman at Penn State, and then just never really took that next step. I mean, he did. He had that bowl game, and he did have a uh, 11 catch, 179 yard, one touchdown game against Ohio State this year. So that was like his big game oh, this he? year. I didn't realize he had that one. Yeah, he had a big game against oh, Ohio he State. Catches. I guess mm-hmm. I. I, I yeah, I mean, his year this year was not atrocious. I mean, it wasn't good, but 46 for 611 and two touchdowns, which, you know, prior to the season, I said, I think he's going to lead the team in catches and yards and Tinsley will lead in touchdowns. And that's kind of, you know, what what, what happened for the year here. I mean, he just kind of was a chain mover um, kind of a guy. And I think that's kind of what he's going to be in the NFL too. He'll be a slot guy. He'll be a nice underneath safety blanket. He'll help you move the chains probably not going to do anything flashy or fancy. So he's probably not going to be great for you for fantasy at the next level. I mean, I think he's going to have some games and he'll have some like fantasy value, but it's not going to be a lot. He won't be anything more than like a wide receiver three for fantasy purposes. That low, you think? I mean, I think I mostly agree with you. Um, I'm trying to think of like I don't I don't Depends know what I have a system he went to, but like I, but yeah, I think wide receiver three for fantasy purposes. I mean, he's 5'10", 212. I don't think he's athletic enough to comp him to a guy like DJ Moore, who I think is you know similar height and kind of play style, but he, like he just isn't that level um, of athletes. I I don't know. Do you have? Like five, five, ten, two, twelve. I think people are going to try to make a Debo comp at some point, just because you know mm. similar size. You've, you've all come up eight, ten pounds. I don't, I don't think that's his play style no. either. Um, like I, I really don't have a good comp for him, I, and I don't really like comps either. But he's not a guy that I've looked at. While like he like really reminds me of uh, of so and so. I just don't have a uh, a great name to kind of you know, plug in there at the other side of that. Yeah, a comp really has to strike me. Like I don't like to do comps I'm, I'm not good at comps like it has to really like jump out and grab me for for me to say a specific comp i don't really have a good one for him but i think he's you know he's going to be kind of like a technician in the slot so that type of a role that type of a player uh i, I think is where he's he's gonna be i think like a sterling shepherd-esque role is what we'll be looking at oh hmm. okay sterling shepherd ish i don't hate it i don't hate it i still think shepherd is probably more explosive i know you weren't giving that as the right so, yeah yeah, yeah. I'm, that's, that's like the, the role one. more along the lines that i'm talking about yeah but he's i just looked it up right yeah. now starting shepherd 596 um, so not about 20 pounds off a little lighter a little mm. yeah washed a little thicker thick boy mm. um slot guys declaring for the draft i think you have to list josh down at the top of the list here and i do think that he's slot only uh in the nfl mm-hmm. if i had to guess i don't think so here's the here's the, I, I don't think elijah moore is a good outside guy either even though they've tried to play him there and i i, I think downs might have the same thing like they might try him out he might have some mild success but i think in the long run 
Uh, you put Downs in the slot, and you kind of just let him uh, work all over the place. Downs had a really good season, was was banged up a little bit toward the end. In fact, there was a game that he left two or three times with injury and kept coming back. Um, but had a really, really good year, 1,000 yards, uh, 94 catches, double-digit touchdowns, less yard, fewer yardage catches, less yardage but not by a ton and he increased his touchdowns. So I think like overall he, he achieved what he should have achieved this year. I think you pick 25 to 32 in that. Do you think he falls out of the first round? Yeah, I think he's going to fall out of the first round and it's mostly has to do with what you said. I think he is a slot guy in the NFL. I don't think he has the, I don't think he's going to have that inside outside versatility. Now, is that necessarily a bad thing for fantasy purposes? No, it's not. But I don't think the NFL is really going to take slot-only guys in the first round. Um, you know, I mean, J and you know, as we say that JSN is there too. But I, I think JSN his best roles in the slot. I think he could offer some versatility on the outside as well. That'll depend more on the offense. But I don't think it matters what offense Josh Downs goes to. He's all slot. So. And we've also seen that they maybe don't value Phil Longo wide receivers quite as much. Like Dimey Brown was, was he a third rounder? I hate this argument, by, by the way. I hate the argument you're about to make. I absolutely hate it. I think it's so false. And I've heard multiple people make this argument now. I, I, I think it's crap. Please, please. Elaborate. All of his receivers at Ole Miss got drafted way earlier than people thought they would. <laughs> I don't know where this this because Deami Brown wasn't actually good. This this uh, this argument has come from that Phil the NFL doesn't like longer receivers. Like what? what I guess I'm thinking more recently. Actually, like been NFL bound has has not been drafted where we thought he would be. I was I was thinking more recency bias with Deami Brown, Des Fitzpatrick, or not Des Fitzpatrick. Um, Joseph Patrick was Louisville. Who was the other one there? The uh, I know you're, he, he, neither of them are like NFL. Or what's his? He, he's not even an NFL receiver. Like he just wasn't like EJ Brown, DK Metcalf. Uh, I mean, Elijah Moore was his for a bunch Those of years. Josh are... Downs. Plus, then they had a couple other guys there too, like Van Jefferson. That, that he transferred out and ended up getting drafted later. I wouldn't necessarily call him a Phil Longa wide receiver, but like yeah, these I guys have all been interested in buying. Well, DK got drafted on size and and, and skill set. He didn't get drafted on anything he did in college. Like I think we can agree on that front, right? He was okay in college and he was healthy. I mean, I don't healthy. know what that that that, does, that that is literally not like a, a, an argument against my point at all. I'm just saying DK like DK didn't really do much at Ole Miss. Like he was hurt most. Like he missed that entire year, but that was the neck injury, right? Oh, and he's not a Phil Longo receiver. Never mind. He's just a guy that existed at the same school that Phil Longo existed at <laughs> during his entire career. But he's not a Phil Longo receiver. I'm just saying his. I don't, I don't know what point you're drafted to make. where he got the reason he got drafted where he got drafted is because he's big and he was fast. He had so like, but the AJ Brown, Elijah Moore, that that's fair. That's fair. I'm not saying that Longo developed them. I'm just saying people think it's like all system and like you know Longo can't. It's like. It's, it's a dumb argument. It's really, really bad, actually. Um, so, um, okay. Well, where do you think Josh Downs goes? Top forty picks. Okay. I don't know. Yeah. It's not like a. I don't have like some sort of flamethrower. 
you know, hot spicy take, but <laughs> well, you're just you're I just, just trashing think... me over here. So, well, anytime somebody says the line, well, the NFL doesn't like Phil Longo receivers. I just think they're an idiot, and I I didn't want to go there with you, Colin. I I didn't want to think you were an idiot, but now I'm not. I'm not that sure. I just don't I mean, know. You, I think you've called me an idiot on the show multiple times, so I don't think that it's that you like didn't want to. I don't think it's that you didn't want to go there. But I think maybe maybe you were holding back this time, so I'll I appreciate that if you were. That doesn't sound like me. I I don't know if I were to use that language, and I'm glad we don't have a producer that can like pull like two minutes of me calling you an idiot is just like a clip fest of the show because that would probably because it, it yeah it would absolutely happen yeah yeah producer Matt when you listen to this please pull all the clips of Austin calling me an idiot. They're probably and, in his, his, his doomsday folder that if like if he doesn't enter the passcode into his computer, it releases all the stuff that Felix has said over the years. It's just been so blatantly wrong. <laughs> he has a folder like that for anybody that oh, is I not know. familiar. <laughs> yeah. he, he literally has a folder full of like audio clips of Felix poor <laughs> predictions. Um, and we joke that if he dies, he's got a dead man switch on it and the world will know all the things that Felix has said. Um so it, it is not a lie. I don't know if he has them for me too or not because I don't antagonize him on Debbie debate. I think he just goes after his enemies, and I think I've I've avoided being classified that way. I try to do that too. I try to stay on everybody's good side. After I heard about the folder, yeah, I'm like, yeah, man, that's a, it's the best point I've ever. Phil Longer receivers, NFL hates him. Come on, buddy. <laughs> Um, a couple other guys here real quick names. Um, I, I, the most sexy name is probably Anthony Richardson. I don't think there's that much, uh, argument on that. Uh, we'll see what happens with him. I, again, this is another guy that like, I don't have uh, a flamethrower take, you know, spicy, spicy, but, um, he, I, I mean, the problem with arguing with Felix is that the goalposts get moved so far that you look like yeah. you're completely insane. <laughs> by the reality Richards has been in my top 10 Debbie quarterbacks all season he's been I believe at least at any given time 25 spots ahead of Will Levis and I think at this point he's probably even more than that um he's a good player he's he's raw but I think he does a lot of things a lot better than Levis does and he obviously is much more of a rushing threat uh kind of came together for him down the stretch um so, I mean, I, I, I'm interested to see if he goes, like, top 10. I argued on Debbie Debate this week. I think he goes after pick 15, but I still think he goes in the first round. Yeah, I would I would agree with that. I think I, I don't think he's top 15. Um, he's way too raw for that. I don't even know if I necessarily see him going in the first round. I think if he does, it's the very end, and it's, you know, post-pick. It's after pick, like, 25. I think his range is 25 to 40. So maybe even 25 to 35, because we'll keep it in the very top half of the second, because I could see like a Jalen Hurts-ish path for him. Like if I am an NFL team drafting Anthony Richardson, that's kind of the blueprint that I want to build. Because Anthony Richardson, elite athlete, he's going to bring a, a different dimension to your offense. He can stress the defense in, in a number of different ways. He's stressed with his leg. He's got a cannon of an arm. He just needs to develop as a passer. So if you can take time, take pressure off of him, put him on a team that has everything but the quarterback. And that's kind of where I'd be looking at the back half of the first. If you can put him on a team that has everything but a quarterback, 
and you don't have to put that much pressure on him. I think that would be the ideal situation, but just giving him some time. Like, yeah, obviously you don't want him to start in year one, kind of like hurts, you know, they had Wentz there. So uh, that's kind of the built the path that I would build for him. I am with you. He was, he was overhyped by a lot of people because of the tools, but I was never like out on Anthony Richardson. It was all, there's a lot of potential here. We just need development. Like he was right there in my, you know, right around my top 10. Uh, I think he was like in the 10 to 10 to 12 range for me pretty much the whole time. So there's a lot so of, you hated him. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I think there's a lot of potential there. He needs the right system, the right, uh, team, the right coach. He needs a lot more to go right for him than some of these other quarterbacks. But he's very, very clearly the QB3 in this class. Like, there's nobody who's even close. I don't like when people say, like, I disagree that he needed to go back. And I hear some people say that. Um, I, what was he going to learn at Florida this year? With a coaching staff that has literally zero history of quarterback development. NFL hates... Uh, really they, quarterbacks. Quarterbacks. they do they absolutely do no I, I agree with you on that front if he had been at a different school that uh, you know like so if he went back we all wanted him to transfer and why go back and transfer and then learn a new system kind of a thing so like if and, you know, and none of the obvious quarterback development guys need a guy next year yeah. slash would one probably feel like he would work with them. Like he's Ryan day would never want him in a bajillion. No, years. And that's, no, that's right. not right or wrong. Like what it just doesn't fit what he wants to do at all. Lincoln Riley has Caleb Williams. Um, and then like Sark, Sark has two guys there. They're not going to bring him in. I, 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 I don't want to call Clemson quarterback developers, but they, they've had <laughs> some guys. Like he's not going to go there and start next year. Like I just, there's not like an obvious place that he would have gone and settled in and, and, and improve that draft stock at all. And he wasn't going to do it at Florida. I right. Good so that's why that's why I agree with you that it, it was it just made sense for him to go and get his development in the NFL. If he was at a better at a better school for developing quarterbacks and a better coach, a better system, then I would have said go back. But it wasn't the right situation for him. So hats off, kudos for going to the NFL this year in a weaker quarterback class too. Last name here, Colin, Devin Ochain. Um Be interested. I mean, he's going to test just crazy. He, yeah. He's going to test he, just crazy. We he, might break the, he might break the 40 record. Wouldn't surprise me. You think? Mm-hmm. I think there's a shot at it for sure. I mean, the, the big question is, obviously, so the big question with him as a player is the weight. So if he I'm puts on the weight, there. if he puts on the weight, can he still run a 4-2? I don't know. So. Here's my question on him because I think the line that everyone seems to really like right now is that while he's running track right now, and I think he can gain 10 or 15 pounds. I have said that. So I don't careful. think that's a foregone conclusion. In fact, I actually think it's more likely than not that he cannot gain that weight and still run. I think he has to make a choice. I think he has to choose to weigh in at 190 and run really, really fast. Or I think he has to choose to weigh in at 198 and run slower than people think he's going to. And I don't even know if he's capable of getting to 198. Like, I just don't know that that's, he's not a thick, like he's not a scrawny guy, but I wouldn't call him like 
you know, a, a guy with like a thicker frame that has a bunch of room, it looks like to add 10 to 15 pounds. He's like, what's easy listed at 185? Yeah, he's listed at 185. Is he actually 185? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I'm slightly skeptical on that. Um, like I I just don't think he gets there. So then the, then the other you know the, the the rest of the discussion still remains. But I just I don't like that. Well, I think he can gain. Like I I, I think that's dangerous at this point. If he hasn't done it, like track track career be damned. I just don't think it's going to happen. We, when have we ever seen a guy do that? We haven't. He would he would absolutely be an outlier. I think, like I said, I think the hope is because he was such an elite track athlete that he was trying to keep that down for that. I think if he can get to 195, I'm happy with it. And, and I, I said this on Back to Debbie last week when I was on that one after we did like a mock draft. You know, the archetype for him if he gets to 195 is CJ Spiller, is Jamal Charles, is CJ2K. Now, when those guys were lead backs, it was a different NFL. Yeah. Like it's it's harder now. There's not as many lead bell, like bell cow backs out there. And I don't know if the NFL is going to make a guy who is one nine, even 195. Let's say he does get put on 10 pounds and gets to 195. I don't think the NFL is going to make a guy who's 195 a bell cow back. So I hope he can lead a committee. I hope he can get to 195. I hope he can lead a committee and show the explosiveness and the pass catching and, and the patience and the vision. Like he is a good runner. He is, he's not just this athlete who gets the ball and hits it on the outside and just goes and just beats everybody. He runs well between the tackles. He has good patience and vision. Uh, so there's more to his game than just his speed. The question is what's his role going to be at, at the NFL level? Because I think, his I do think there's a legitimate chance that he breaks the combine record, especially if he only stays at 195 or 185. If he gets up to 195, I still think he is a you know high four three type of a guy. Um, so at that speed, I think he gets taken day two, uh, regardless of what his weight is. So at that point, bodes well for his NFL potential fantasy future. But you still have the, you're always going to have the questions about the workload with him. Um, breaking news before we move into um, some guys that have already tra- that are transferred and find a found a landing spot. It is being reported by on three that Destin Hill, whoa, top 100 player in the 2021 recruiting class that we all loved, is going to be signing at Florida State in May. Finally. Uh, yeah, I don't know. We still don't know what happened over the past couple years to keep him from enrolling. And I don't even know. It's probably obviously been a couple years since he's played. But that wide receiver room is not so strong that uh, I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm probably going to mess do around you, and take a little bit of him. Do you still have him anywhere? No. That's okay. No. <laughs> No, after he didn't, he wasn't on a roster at the beginning of this year. I was like, no. And I still like, I'm not, I'm going to spend like a 12th round pick on him if he's even there at that pick. I'm not going to spend anything more than that. But um, that's very, very interesting that he's coming out of of hiding here to uh, hibernation to maybe make a roster. Yeah. Fun, fun times there. Um, Same faces, new places, Colin. A couple names that we already have landing spots for here out of the portal. 
Um, and none of them are real sexy names yet. I, we haven't really had like a big name enter the portal and find a new home. Um, so maybe the that, that part of the portal may have been overstated a little bit. Maybe it's still early. I, I, I don't really know. Maybe we'll wait for some bowl games and things to start shaping some things up. Uh, Jaheim Bell, tight end, running back, hybrid kind of guy. Uh, left NC State. He is officially going to Florida State. So a good day here, a good couple of days for Florida State. I'd be interested to see how they use him. He's kind of Antonio Gibson-ish. Like I, I think he's a little bigger than that. He's probably not quite that like that 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 bit of a mover at that size. But Norvell has used these kind of hybrid players before, so I'm interested to see exactly what he does with him. Yeah, I like that landing spot for him. If especially if he decides he's like i'm not a tight end at the next level if he knows he's not a tight end uh i think that this was a good landing spot for him so like you said norvell has used hybrid guys like that and uh you know they toa feely was kind of like a hybrid guy um and he'll still be there but i'll be interested to see how jaheem bell works into that backfield with uh Trayshawn ward Trey benson lawrence toa feely one of those guys transfer out so bell can get more work is Bell going to stay a tight end because they don't have a tight end either. So there's a lot of unknown about what his role is going to be at Florida state, but I like the landing spot. I think they will find a role for him. So your CFF fantasy shares there, you know, there could have been a lot worse for that. And the NFL side of things, uh, I'm still slightly skeptical. I'll need to see what his, his role is, his usage is, and how well he does at it, if if he, if that can help him to figure out what his role at the NFL level is going to be, because that's really what I that that was my biggest question mark is where does he fit in at the NFL, and can we get an answer here now at Florida State? Yeah, I don't know if if we'll get a really good answer or not, um, but I guess it's worth a shot. I I bet that he didn't really get great feedback. I I really do. Th- I I think that, that that's what happened. So um, I believe it. Yeah. Um. Ollie Jennings, wide receiver from Old Dominion into the portal. I thought he would go somewhere better than this. This is actually a really disappointing one for me. Uh, he's headed to Virginia Tech. I know our guys uh, in the, the, the CFF Discord seem to think that this could maybe be a good thing for him. I think this is an awful thing for him. He was a guy that was already F, uh, Power 5 and then went down to Old Dominion. He had to be really choosy about this spot. So this either tells me that he's an idiot or that he didn't get good offers. And neither of those are great for me. Um, I don't. I don't even know what his ceiling is for for CFF next year. Like, can Grant Wells support a high end CFF wide receiver? Kyron Drones, really baby. Know. Yeah, they 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 get a commitment <laughs> for Kyron Drones, who isn't going to play this year either. I, I there's some interesting additions for Virginia Tech. It's feel happy if you're a Virginia Tech fan, but if you're just a neutral college fantasy guy, and eh, kind of kind of a killer. Yeah, I don't feel great about this. I don't really feel great about Virginia Tech as a whole. They were not particularly good this year. Um, From everything I've seen, they haven't fired anybody on that staff, so it's probably going to be more or less the same kind of offense rolling in, and now maybe year two will be a little bit better. Maybe with some more stable quarterback play, it could be a little bit better. But, yeah, there's just way better situations that he could have gone to. I mean, if nothing else, go back to West Virginia. You know, like they just lost all of their receivers and they could have used somebody. So he's a Virginia guy. If you wanted to stay in in the state of Virginia, just move one over. Um, But uh, I so, yeah, I I question this this landing spot here as well. 
if you have Ollie Jennings and CFF, like I'm, I'm, I'm worried. I'm worried. All right. Um, some other interesting names here, Colin, Dejuan Stribling, Sean Tyler, Stribling, former wide receiver, of Washington State. Uh, we thought he could be pretty good this year. That offense as a whole, passing wise, really disappointed us. Uh, he entered the portal. He's heading to Oklahoma State. As is Western Michigan running back Sean Tyler, who was pretty good this year. Um, that one's really a kick for the Ollie Gordon guys. Um, I don't think he's going in there to not play at all. Although we'll see. Um, and then Stribling, I mean, they needed some wide receivers there, so he'll fit in, but I don't think he's anything special. Do either of these really move the needle for you besides maybe playing spoiler for some guys that, that are underclassmen that we liked? Yeah, that's pretty much what it is. It, it spoils Jaden Bray uh, and anything that you could have hoped for from him. It spoils um, Talon Shetron and what you were hoping for for him and Steven Johnson, the other freshman who did pretty well this year too in a couple of games stribbling does and then for sean tyler i don't really know what to make of this one i'll be honest he's 5'8 185 that's you know it's it's not it's, it's weird because he looks bigger than that too i've always thought i thought he was closer to 200 i was surprised when i saw yeah that he's at 185 yeah 5'8 185 smaller guy maybe he compliments ollie gording well now they they do typically tend to lean on one guy at Oklahoma State, so we'll see how this one shakes out. But yeah, I think overall it just kind of stocked down for everybody there in that one. Like this doesn't, this wasn't exciting. No, no, not at all. Um, I, I don't really have anything to add to that. I and mean, we don't even know who the quarterback is going to be there next year with Sanders in the portal. So right. it's not even like we could we could sell it on. You know, they got a sexy quarterback coming in, or I, I don't know what that that. Um, be interested to see what direction they take here over the next couple weeks. I'm not uh Gundy's been there long enough and I, I think he knows what he's doing, so I'm not gonna count them out. Um that's just kind of you know when we've got him up against the wall or whatever, you know, backed into a corner, that's exactly where they like to be. So um <laughs> last one here, Jalen Knighton uh going to SMU. He's following sort of a year delayed Rhett Lashley there, who was his former offensive coordinator at Miami when he had his good season. Undersized guy. Um, I think this, I don't know exactly what their plans are for him, but I think regardless, it's probably bad news for Kamar Wheaton folks. Does that uh, feel like the right take to take, to take away here from this guy? Yeah. Cause you kind of expected Kamar Wheaton's early role to, in this offense to be something that you would, you're expecting Jalen Knighton to be. Now, obviously the hope with Kamar Wheaton was, kind of starts out with that type of a role and then he builds up and, and takes over the backfield with his five-star pedigree coming from Alabama. But there were just some rumors about Wheaton just not really liking football. And I know you hear those all the time and, you know, they kind of scoff at him sometimes and it's, you know, but I kind of put some stock into that one, actually, just given everything that's happened around the situation. So I think I've given up on Kamar Wheaton pretty much. So I think this is going to be fairly open for, for Jalen Knight. Now, Trey, Trey Siggers is, I think, out of eligibility now, finally. Um, if he's I not. I think so. That sounds right. Yeah. I, I mean, it's, it's hard to say with all these COVID years and everything like that. But I think he's out of eligibility. So I think this backfield is going to be pretty open for him. And he has familiarity with Lashley, like you said. So this is an interesting landing spot for him. It's not... Um, you know, wheels ups, you know, to the moon, but it's a, it's a stock up 
I think. Um, uh, yeah, I I don't have a take on Knighton specifically. I I so I I, I get where you're coming from. I I just th- I mean it's it's a it's a blow to Wheaton. They're very similar players stylistically. Yeah. I, mean, I just think it's hard to argue um, that he wouldn't have any sort of impact there. And I almost wonder if that means that Wheaton could be in the portal at Again. some point this offseason too. Yeah. That would that shock you? I mean could could this just no. be a, a a example of the the Wheaton experiment failed? Let's fix the problem soon and instead of kind of trying to continue to make it work. I mean he wasn't healthy either. And I'm wondering like he's not a big guy. He just could be a guy too that that maybe is just oh there's always something wrong with him, which isn't necessarily like a you know it's not his fault necessarily. It's just it, it is what it is at some point. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely a possibility. Um, that's all we've got for same places. Do you have any other guys that you think are really interesting from a, a uh, they've entered the portal and they've already chosen a home type uh, type list, Colin? Um, no, not particularly. Like we were saying, that's there hasn't been like a big no, name. Holden? No, there hasn't been a big name guy in the portal that in the portal or that's gone anywhere yet. There's been a lot of guys in there who are like, Oh, okay. That's, that's kind of, kind of interesting. Like some of the guys that we mentioned here today, um, like Keegan Johnson um, from Iowa going to Kansas state. That, that's kind of intriguing. You know, Will Howard has, has showed the ability to, to carry an offense here and to, to have a functional offense. So, you know, that's, that's mildly interesting, but it's the, like, you know, not anything that blows me away. I will say, um, actually, looking at our transfer portal tracker that we have up at the website. Uh, so if you're if you're not, you know, familiar with that, go check that out. We have, um, you know, over a hundred and we have almost 120 names on that list of fantasy only and, fantasy and relevant guys. I was gonna say it's all fantasy relevant, so you don't have to sift through uh, linemen and kickers and stuff. Yeah. yeah, yeah. The one guy that is interesting there, Marquez Cooper, uh, running back, formerly from Kent State, now going to ball state because Carson Steele, the running back, the stud running back from ball state stud for fantasy purposes uh, is in the portal as well. Now he could obviously still withdraw and then everybody's screwed. But if he does go somewhere else, this is really interesting for Marquez Cooper because he ball state is a good offense for running backs for fantasy purposes. And he's been a good fantasy running back. So this could be a good marriage. So if you had Marquez Cooper and he's in the portal and you were a little worried about it, I think you can breathe easier now. I think he's a really, really interesting guy. Um, our, 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 again, our Slack, our, uh, just the, you know, the folks that work at C2C have been saying that that he must be a, a college fantasy player, must uh, have himself rostered a bunch of places. Because, yeah, I mean, that's – so here, here is always my wish for players to hop in the portal. And I think we've kind of talked about this this offseason, but I just want to reiterate. Like, I, I think self-awareness – as a whole in life is an underrated um, uh, <laughs> life skill that maybe not a lot of people possess. Um, I, you know, to varying degrees, I think sometimes I, I have it and sometimes I don't, which how self-aware is that? Um, <laughs> well, don't I hurt think yourself patting guys, yourself on the back. I know, I know. <laughs> um, but I think some of these guys are not self-aware at all that enter the portal. Yeah. They either think way too much of themselves or they think that more opportunities will be open than there are um like i just think a lot of them aren't realistic and even some of them are like you know like you're a really good receiving back 
you're not going to be a bell cow. Like don't, you shouldn't look for a place that like, like that's just not going to be a role that you succeed in. So I think a lot of these guys are not good at that. So I, I will applaud Marcus Cooper for kind of staying in the Mac and a, like that a conference is probably his level with the, his size limitations. And I look forward to him making it work some more. So shout out to him for having that level of awareness. Brew McCoy does not have that level of awareness. Here, here's the dichotomy. There, there's the two sides of the scale. I think that's fair. Um, all right. So newly in the portal, guys. So first off, our uh, chasing the net this week, Jared and those guys did an amazing job um, hitting on a ton of names that have entered the portal and speculated on where they could go. My goal here today, Colin, is not to talk about any of those guys. So I tried. I listened to about two thirds of that pod today. It's really it's like a two hour episode. It's really, really long. Um, so I didn't get through all of it. But my uh, my goal is to try not to touch in any names. So I only pick guys that have come out like in the past day, day and a half. And there's still quite a few to choose from. Let's start with Grayson McCall. Uh, a quarterback there from Coastal Carolina. I think th- this signals a couple things to me in him entering the portal. I think first that um, he's going to follow Chadwell, his, his former head coach of Liberty. Like that feels, I, I feel okay about predicting that. But I think the, the the bigger thing it shows is that he was not getting NFL love because he's been in college for a while now. I think he's like a fifth year guy already or something like that. He has one year of eligibility. I know, I know that much. Um, so I like he, he's, we've, uh, there's routinely been an argument over the past couple of years, you know, is he a product of the system? Is he, is he actually just a really efficient, really good quarterback, which is possible. Uh, I think I've leaned more towards system than he's really efficient. Um, and so if he does find a new home, this kind of tells me that it's, the NFL thinks that it's definitely, you know, more on the, uh, he's, he's a system guy. Yeah, I think that this I also lean that he's a system guy, too, and that the system is hyper efficient. I think where he ends up is going to be really telling of his thought process. If he follows Chadwell to Liberty, I think he has kind of resigned himself to the fact that maybe the NFL a starting NFL job is not necessarily in my future. You know, maybe he gets drafted, maybe he bounces around as a backup kind of a thing. But if he tries to go somewhere else, uh, you know, maybe at a power five level, and I don't know what offers are for him are going to be out there at a power five level, but if he tries to go with the power five round, tries to go somewhere new, then that tells me that he, he, he probably wants to give the NFL a legitimate go and prove that he is not a product of the system. Obviously, if you have him for fantasy, you're hoping he goes to Liberty and just is, you know, the same guy he was at, at uh, Coastal Carolina and keeps producing those same type of numbers, which I think is ultimately the route that he'll end up going. Yeah, um, I I, th- I think he'll go to Liberty. I think I don't think this is a case where he ends up at like Oklahoma State or something. I, I, I don't know that that's that's what's going to happen here. Uh, Marshawn Lloyd, I think, is the other big, really big name that hopped in there today running back at South Carolina. He had some really good weeks for fantasy this year. And, and he hasn't quite ever looked like his old self, but I think he's looked okay at times and definitely more comfortable than he was last season and his first real season back there from the ACL injury that he suffered right before uh, his freshman season. Um, I'm interested to see exactly where he lands. I think he'll get power five offers. I think this is a yeah. power five uh, landing spot. You think so too? Yeah, I agree. And Mike, uh, J. Michael Valerie from from our site here, 
you're wrong. He's not going G5. He's power. He's a power five level back. He has some talent. Uh, we saw it when he was coming out. There's a reason he was as highly regarded as he was. He was a five star, right? I know he's like, uh, of, he, he was, was right borderline. He was borderline. I don't think he was uh, quite a five star. I think he, he was, was yeah. high four star. High. He was right on the edge. I'm um, gonna look it up. You stall. I think he okay. was like the. I think RB something. Thing in his. Yeah, that sounds about right. I mean, yeah, um, RB five, but which means he was definitely a four star. There's no way they had five five star running backs that year. Yeah, he was RB five in his class. He was the same year with player in the class overall. That's pretty crazy. He was the same year as Bijan, Kendall Melton, Jameer Gibbs, Bijan. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that class. Okay. Yep. Gotcha. So it was a pretty good class. I mean, obviously we're seeing some of these guys come out this year and he was still number five. So pretty highly thought of there. I'll just be really interested to see what offers he ends up getting. You know, does he stay in the East coast? Does he maybe go sec? Like what there, he'll, he'll be one of the most interesting guys to watch in the portal. Cause I still have some hope for him. As you said, he had four nice weeks this year. Uh, four really nice weeks this year. And yes, two of them. One of them came against Charlotte. The other one I think came against South Carolina State. The other two, Texas A&M and Kentucky. So uh, he, he had some, he had a couple of nice performances there against some solid teams. So I still have hope for him. I will be watching this one with interest. Yeah, um, same, same. One of one of the most interesting cases that's going to be in the portal this year. A couple of uh, freshmen here, Colin, that that hopped in. One of them getting a good amount of buzz. The other one, no one's talking about. I was actually surprised uh, today when I found out he was in. Uh, Aaron or Aaron Anderson, the first one, was the fourth overall wide receiver in last year's class, a very high four-star, was at Alabama, got hurt before the year. I don't know that there's really indication as to what the injury was. They kept saying, like, he might be back, he might be back, and he never really came back. Um, he's from Louisiana, I believe. LSU really, really wanted him come out. I'll be interested to see if that's the direction that he heads or if it's kind of that not like he can't just rebound and go back to that level. Like I'm wondering, well, which of those possibilities it'll be. I don't think he'll go to LSU because that is a different staff now. Like when he it was is. being recruited so heavily by LSU, uh, it was the previous regime. And now Brian Kelly in there. I, I don't know. I, I mean, they also have a couple of wide receivers in there already. They're bringing Boutte back. So I'll be interested to see where he ends up. But he is a guy that I think there's a lot of hope for for fantasy purposes, for CFF, because he is uh, electric in the slot. He's very good with the ball in his hands. He's dynamic. Um, and he has an, his ability on special teams also can endear him to coaches and staffs and get him on the field at least early. So I think think there's a good amount of fantasy hope for him. NFL hope kind of remains to be seen, but I think he will have his fair share of power five suitors. It might not be blue bloods, but I think he's going to get, he's going to be fairly highly sought after. Oh, hundred percent. I could see, it'd be fun to see him go to like Texas tech and be their main wide receiver Ooh. or um, like that, like that level I think would be really, really interesting. I think he would, he would be great at Oregon. But I don't know that yeah. that's the follow follow Trayshawn Holden there. Um, <laughs> be interesting to see. Um, but yeah, I 
I think LSU is a possibility because it is a new staff. But as far as right. I know, that staff still really wanted him. If I remember correctly, they tried to flip him very late. So I, I think that it's a possibility. But yeah, I think I think we're more likely to see like a step down from there. And maybe Texas Tech is two steps down from there. Maybe I went too far. Um, but uh, I, yeah, I, I don't know if the Blue Bloods are going to come calling. Jeremy Bernard's another one here calling. He was at Michigan State. And he's a non-zero. I believe he hit three of the categories. Mm-hmm. Like he, he almost hit the fourth. Um, he, I, I, he was originally supposed to go to Washington and then kind of flipped to Michigan State. And that was kind of disappointing at the time, I remember. So I'm wondering if he heads back west. I believe he is a West Coast kid. I believe he might even be from Washington. Um, that would be fun. I, they don't really have anything. I mean, they've got Polk. They've got a couple of their guys who are like fine. But they don't really have backups for McMillan and Adunze if something if they if either of them choose to leave yeah they could both leave that neither of them could leave that's going to be a really interesting situation to monitor like we've we've mentioned in here before but yeah I, I think Jeremy Bernard if he does go to Washington huge stock up there I mean and I also think that that's a good uh I think that's a good location for him if he has NFL aspirations as well like I'm, I'm sure he probably does because the wide receiver coach there Jamarcus Shepard is the wide receiver former wide receiver coach from Purdue Who's put, hmm. you know, a good he was, yeah, he put in uh, Rondell Moore and he worked with David Bell. So he, and he, he, he was somewhere else for before Purdue too. And I can't remember where it was, but he has some, some track record of putting some guys in the NFL. So he's a very good wide receiver coach, uh, which is part of the reason why I was, you know, so interested in, in McMillan and Adunze as well. But, you know, whoever ends up there in Washington, I'll be interested in. If it's Jeremy Bernard as well, then that's a, that's a big stock up. Yeah. Yeah. It really is a big stock up, but I, I don't know. There's any indication that he goes there, you know, maybe he right. goes to, to Oregon state or, you know, I think he'll stay Pacific Northwest or somewhere West coast if I had to guess, but that's just, uh, just that, I guess last name. I want to toss out here real quick, Colin, and then we're going to get out of here for the day. Caden Prather wide receiver at West Virginia has entered the portal. This a little bit. Um, cause he did get some targets there. I'm just wondering, just wondering if the whole thing's falling apart underneath Neil Brown. I'm sur- I'm surprised that he was even allowed to come back there. Their head coach, um, JT Daniels, is in the portal. This is now the third starting wide receiver behind Sam James and uh, Bryce Ford Wheaton that has entered the portal. Uh, so things not looking great if you are a West Virginia fan. Um, but Prather, I think, will have his list of suitors. I'm, I'm really interested to see where he ends up uh, heading. Yeah, Prather's a guy that we had pretty high hopes for coming into the year here. And it just, like you said, at West Virginia, the wheels kind of fell off. Surprise, Neil Brown's back. But I still think there's some hope for Caden Prather. Um, you know, I, what level of interest does he get? You know, does he get, I think he gets power five offers. But like, is it oh, a 100%. step up? Is is it, you know, how big of a step up I mean, is it? <laughs> what's a, what's a power five level that's a step down from West Virginia uh, Vanderbilt like Stanford Vanderbilt. the past there's not that many teams that are that much worse than the I'm right now that are power- yeah that's true that's true um yeah I mean either there, there's gonna be a lot of uh of interest there for him and I mean he's uh from Maryland so like he's an East Coast guy, so maybe he sticks around on the East Coast. Penn State, that'd be fantastic. I would love that. But Maryland's wide receiver room is it looks like it's going to completely clear out. So maybe he he could go to Maryland. Um, I'm not sure that I would love that, but uh, I'll be I'll be interested to see where he ends up too, because he's he's got sure. some 
some talent and you know Penn State was interested in him when he was being recruited so but the uh, there's a lot of receivers in the portal that Penn State has been connected to in one way or another we can't end up with all of them as much as I would love it no no it's very very true um all right well that's gonna do it for tonight's show here guys I know we didn't cover all the names but again if you want to listen to some more speculation from a CFF perspective as to where these guys will end up uh, please check out this week's uh, episode of the Chasing the Natty. Um, and then just beyond that, check out everything else we've got going on podcast-wise. The YouTube page is really starting to heat up here, guys. Early signing day is on the 21st. So that's coming up here very, very quickly. That's next week. We'll be doing a stream basically all day covering all of that information from a C2C CFF Debbie um, side of things. So uh, we have a lot planned for that. Um, and that, again, is on the YouTube page. So go ahead, subscribe over there. Uh, turn those notifications on so you know uh, when we're chatting about that. We'll be back later this week, guys, with Canton Bound, the NFL half of the podcast. Until then, I'm Austin. And this is Colin. And have a good one.